Welcome to this edition of Catch Up with Cairo Touch. I'm your host, Dr. Ronnie Sims, and I'm super excited today to have a repeat guest on our show, Dr. Kathy from Georgia. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Dr. Ronnie. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm so glad to have you back on. I really enjoyed our first conversation, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this one goes today. So let's go ahead and dive right in. And Absolutely. so... Uh, Again, I appreciate you and I appreciate um, your willingness to come on. And I know like me, you have a huge vision for chiropractic and you love chiropractic and you love people. And I know you're always building your teams and you're, you're, um, you're just an amazing advocate for the profession. I've heard you speak on big stages and you're super inspiring. And you really, um, I think, raise the consciousness of what we should be doing in chiropractic. So I just appreciate you as a person. And uh, let's you. go ahead and rock, rock and roll on this. So First question, from your experienced opinion, how important is the woman chiropractor toward this amazing profession called chiropractic? If you looked at our future, how do you see women in that? That's such a great question. It's a great way to start off because if you look at our profession, historically, most people think of our profession as a very male-dominated profession. But go back to the early days. The first chiropractic textbook was written by a woman. Right. And people seem to forget that. But Menorah Paxson wrote the first chiropractic textbook. And then you had Mabel very involved. And, and in my experience, you had Dr. Nell very involved. So we always had a lot of women that were influential, but not necessarily in positions of leadership. And to the women's credit, I think that the doors just were not open for many years. You know, for most women, myself included, you had to show up and show up and show up. And every time you showed up, there was never an opportunity. And then you show up again and there's still not an opportunity. And most women just kind of got to the point where they were frustrated. They'd been there for way too many opportunities that they got passed over for. But now what we're seeing is in the last 10 to 15 years, we're seeing more and more opportunities for women and more and more organizations, universities, state associations starting to realize that we need to have a better representation of who our profession actually is, as well as who we desire to serve. I mean, look at any school, the schools are 50 to 52% female at this point. So we have to start seeing more women in leadership positions and letting our profession demonstrate more examples of success so that our future students and our current students have something to aspire to and someone to look toward as their mentor and as a leader, as a coach. That's awesome. Wow. I'm so glad that you're stepping up into leadership yourself. And I know we'll talk about that in a little bit later uh, as to what you're doing with that. But no, I think you're spot on there and, and it's time, right? It's, it's, our culture is ripe for this, right? Absolutely. Think about it. I mean, women women are the nurturers. We're the caregivers. We typically are the decision makers when it comes to financial decisions in the household. So, you know, women hold the pocketbook, they hold the purse strings, whatever terminology you want to call it. We are responsible for the safety, the health, the well-being of our families. And oftentimes women are the providers. You know, in my own situation, I am the sole provider for my family and have been for many, many years. So, when you look at the position that women have to step into juggling multiple hats, it only makes sense that when they step into chiropractic as the doctor, as the office manager, as the associate, as the team leader, as the CEO of their practice, they're used to juggling multiple hats. They're used to not having someone else who takes care of all the smaller tasks. So they're very good at 
micromanaging. They're very good at multitasking. They're very good at shifting gears and making sure that everything gets done. So why wouldn't we want women in those leadership positions? Because they already know how to juggle multiple opportunities and multiple tasks. Oh, no, that's so true. That's so spot on. The woman is the key in the household today as far as um, the kids' health and their health, and they make all these critical decisions. And they should be in these leadership positions at our schools, at our associations, and even locally. And so for me, I've really, it's not just hearing about this, I've lived this out for 13 years because my number one right-hand associate is the amazing Dr. Krista. And, you know, I just can't imagine my life without her. She, she can tell me the plain and simple truth when I need to hear it. She's very direct with me. And she is an amazing caregiver and she's an amazing leader in our community. And I think about the number of families that, uh, whose lives have been changed because of Dr. Krista. These are individuals I never would have met, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because she's um, so attractional in her personality. And, and she's very involved in a lot of different avenues that I never would have been invited into. And for me, it's been an absolute game changer in my life. And I know exactly, I mean, for me, especially the, the mid-50s guy who's set in his ways, kind of a hard-headed new client, I refer them immediately to her because they will do whatever she says. They'll look at me and they won't do anything I tell them to do. But anyway, in your own experience with this, and I know you've always, like me, have been building teams and whatnot. Um, you know, how important are our teams? You know, for me, it, it's, it balances me out so well. But kind of speak into that a little bit. And where do you see the profession going as it relates to building these dynamic teams? I think the best future for a profession would be to see multiple doctors in an office together. And whether that's as like an owner associate model or whether that's as a team model, if we're going to start really seeing 50% of these female students go into the profession and stay in the profession, then we have to provide opportunities or create opportunities where they can be successful. And listen, let's face it, we have to be able to define our own level of success because just because one person wants to see a thousand people a minute, right? Doesn't mean that everybody wants to do that. And some people don't define success as seeing a gazillion patients. Some people define success as being able to do all the things that they wanna do with their life as far as their family or as far as raising children or as far as giving back to the profession or being able to speak and teach and lead, whether in the profession or outside of the profession, bringing more people to an understanding of a greater level of health. So everybody's definition of success is slightly different. But when you look at most women, society has placed a lot of demands on us. If a woman's going to have children, guess who ends up taking care of the children more often than not? It's usually the woman, right? And so there's so many more demands put on women that when we could create practices that allow several chiropractors to come together where one can have a maternity leave or another one can take time off to go to their kids play or to be at a graduation or to go participate in a school event where they're donating their time or to go out and speak to the profession or to go out and speak to different organizations in their community. When we have an opportunity for people to come together and run a practice together, now we're creating that different definition of what a successful practice looks like. It doesn't necessarily mean eight hours a day, five days a week, 12 hours a day, four days a week. It could mean three hours a day. It could mean an hour in the morning and four hours in the afternoon with time to get the kids off the bus or 
time to go to the gym or time to go do a lunch and learn in the community. We can create a new version of success and it can be defined by each individual chiropractor. So whether you're putting men into the office or you're putting women into the office, being able to have that flexibility so that you can travel, you can take time off, you're not chained to the adjusting table. You're able to have different providers that can give care to the patients while you're out doing something else that makes your heart happy. That's a greater level of success. And I think that would open the door for more people staying in chiropractic versus getting burned out and saying, you know what, I have to take time off to go address other family concerns or other life concerns, and then never coming back into practice. So let's, let's hopefully see some better opportunities in the future of chiropractic where it is more flexible and it is more conducive to that multitasking person that has to run a lot of different things in their life. Wow. That's a great way of looking at it. And I think um, for me, and again, I think about my own situation and you made me think of how I set my relationship up with Dr. Krista in the beginning was completely upside down because I just really didn't know. But Mm -hmm. as we began to see her life unfold where she became a single parent and her demands increased. Um, you know, I used to think, oh, an associate should just be on a percentage and they should have to go out and beat the pavement. And, and here's a, a person who's wired as an empathetic caregiver. She could be a good business builder, but she doesn't have the bandwidth for that. So we flipped that long ago and mm-hmm. put her on a more of a higher salary with benefits. I wanted to take all the stress away from her because I knew how she, amazing she was as an empathetic caregiver and she's a great speaker and she's great at screen. I just didn't want to put that on her plate because I wanted to keep her life in alignment. And so I began to take care of more for her and began to funnel new patients to her. And I became, you know, did more of the marketing and more of the business building and let her just be an amazing caregiver. And if I didn't adapt and pivot on that, I would have, our relationship would have blown up. And so I think for me, from where I'm sitting now, I think what you said is so true. I don't think a lot of our, chiropractors out there that have their own practice that are thinking about hiring an associate are thinking through all of this the way that you and I would of who is it I'm looking for and what are are my expectations of them Um, you know and and am I going to generate new patients for them are they going to be required to go out and do it on their own and I think we don't pay them enough out of school I feel like we need to give them you know some really good salaries so they have some a safety net I mean student loans now are crazy right and, and just the cost of living. So maybe speak further into that as you look at giving some advice to that doctor out there. And maybe the lead doctor is, is a woman who has a vibrant practice that wants to bring some other uh, practitioners on her team. What should they consider? Well, I think that a lot of the students and, and understand that I've been teaching at Life University for the last almost 14 years. I think that a lot of students have a misconception about what their worth is when they graduate. When they have no experience, most of them won't have a license for at least 10 to 12 weeks. Um, And maybe most of them have never worked in a job before. So they just assume that because they have a degree, they're entitled to a huge paycheck. And there has to be an exchange, right? Otherwise, they are just a liability to the practice. They're not an asset. Understanding what people's skills are, understanding what their personality types are, makes it a lot easier to decide, is this an associate with a paid salary? Is this an independent contractor or is this someone in the middle? And I think the future is that somewhere in the middle where there's a base pay plus a percentage or plus an incentive or plus a bonus or a salary, you know, in addition to their salary. 
because most owners have gotten burned by the salary model. Let's face it, you pay somebody a salary, they don't produce, you keep paying them, you keep paying them, it's coming out of your portion of the pie and eventually they start to bring patients in and they want more money and the owner is sitting there going, but I just paid you a salary for the last six months and you didn't produce and now you want more money? It's hard for the owner. Right. And then the new grad is sitting there thinking, well, you know, I could make more money working at Burger King. Mm, not really, because if you're willing to do the work that it takes to be successful, there's no limit to how much you can earn. And okay. there's a very big difference between earn and being paid. So I think that that somewhere in between the straight salary and the straight commission, there's that base plus, And some people will fit into that model. Other people will fit into that salaried employee. And that's where they will do their best work and they will absolutely excel in that position. And then you have some people who will absolutely excel when there are no restrictions on them whatsoever. Let me earn as much as I possibly can earn. Just turn me loose. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Where is my practice and what would fit best in my practice? And then our docs that are looking for these positions need to be honest with themselves. What are my skills? What's my personality type? And what would best serve me and make me able to serve at my highest capacity? So when we're, when we're truly honest with ourselves, with what is it that I want and what do I expect from somebody if I step into this position, then we have a better opportunity because you might have some of your associates that are on straight salary and others that are on a base plus. And it just depends on how they work and what motivates them. Listen, in chiropractic, we always talk about serving our way through and being in a life of service. That means different things to every person. And if we're going to serve at our highest, best capacity, what does that mean? And how do we as individuals want to be rewarded for that level of service? Some just want to pat on the back. Some want the accolades, some want verbal affirmation, some want finances, and some want gifts. So when we understand how our associates or prospective associates uh, work and what their basically like their love languages are, then we can understand how can I make them feel fulfilled, appreciated, and um, successful in this next endeavor. That's a great answer. You're right on. I'll tell you. Um, if we only could have more business training near the end of school, or even once we're out of school, there needs to be a chiropractic business university. And mm-hmm. I think uh, what you're saying is spot on. And I personally use the base plus model. And to your point, if I don't do some pretty exhaustive planning and, and try to figure out what that avatar looks like, what um, personality trait should they be? Um, are they high patients, low patients, extroversion? All those things we look at and I think too often in chiropractic, we see practitioners plug in a square peg into a round hole and then even going a step further, putting them on the wrong comp plan, like you said. So for me, the base plus works great for caregivers, especially in that first year, they have that nice base as they're building and as they're growing or as we're helping them build. And then like I tell my associates, I don't want you relying on your base past uh, year one. You're going to be so high into uh, revenue percentage. Right profit sharing, things like that. And, you know, other things is like malpractice insurance and continuing education workshops and healthcare. And these are all things I provide for my associates because I don't want them to worry about that. I want them to be unfettered so they can live their purpose out in our practice. So 
No, I appreciate your answer. And I love that you're still in the trenches at school. I think that's um, a great place for you right now. Now, can you speak specifically to the, the, the woman chiropractor and what are some things that she could do if she's on her own? We might be speaking to that audience right now. They're on their own and maybe they're struggling with um, process procedure or perhaps they're just not attracting enough new patients. What are some little, just little nuggets you could give them as far as attracting more new patients, you know, with some women specific stuff? So let me say this, most, and this is gonna sound very stereotypical and I apologize, but, but let me get it out and it'll make sense. Most men played team sports. Most women played individual sports, meaning women were gymnasts, they may have been a cheerleader, they might've been a dancer, but they weren't on a football team where it was a team mentality. So most women have learned at this point, if they've made it through school, they are driven, they are the driver, they're a type A, right? And, and it's, it all relies on them. They've never learned to have a team back them up because they probably didn't have one of those. And so they probably also didn't learn to have good coaches. And a lot of men in our profession are, they're very open to being coached by a man. There's some women who are open to being coached. And unfortunately, not, not to not the men, but unfortunately there hadn't been enough women stepping up into that position. So a lot of times women would end up with a male coach who would basically tell them, you know, you need to get up an, an hour early and do your hour of power. And women are like, but I just finished nursing and putting the baby to bed. And then all of a sudden I had to get up in the middle of the night and change the sheets and, you know, and nurse some more and change a diaper. And I just finally got two hours of sleep. And you want me to get up an hour early and do an hour of power? Are you crazy? But that was the only message women were getting. And I think right now we're so blessed to see in our profession, there's a lot more women coaches and a lot more women mentors out there. And a lot of the male coaching programs are either incorporating women or really starting to study and understand what a woman needs. And not to completely divide us because look, we're chiropractors, period, end of story. But our needs are different. Our day-to-day -day activities are different. The demands placed on us are different. Many people know that I've, I've spoken on some of the biggest stages for the last 10 years, and I speak with a lot of the great men in our profession that I absolutely love and adore, but when they would walk out the door to go to a seminar, sometimes they'd leave the practice, go home, pick up a suitcase and walk out the door, kiss somebody goodbye and say, love you kids, see you tomorrow or see you in you know, two days. That's not the situation as a woman. Like I had to finish the practice, negotiate every single step of the way, have my nanny helping me pack up my clothes, make sure that the laundry was done. The, the groceries were ordered. The food was in the fridge. The kids would be taken care of for the weekend. And then I had to leave and then hurry up and get back to make sure that the homeschool work was done in time for Monday morning. Very different scenarios. So the demands placed on women in our profession are so drastically different, not because of the profession, but because of the society that we've all grown up in and what we as young children were exposed to and the expectations put on us. So that leads us to a position where there's so much different expectations that I think for women, we need to be okay with saying, maybe I don't know how to do it all. I might've been the, the top in my class and I had to push myself and I was very driven in order to get to this level of success, but it's okay to ask for help. Women are not typically very good at that because we've learned how to just keep moving forward and don't let anybody see us cry and don't let anybody see the vulnerable side. And we've 
learned how to go through and do everything with no help. So for women, if you're listening, if you've never asked for help before, it could be scary. It could be intimidating. It could feel like, you know, if I let one little crack show, the dam is just going to burst. But I will assure you, when you ask for help from someone that's been there, gone through it, figured out how to get over those obstacles that you're facing right now, you'll get over them faster with a lot less struggle and a lot less stress and a lot less money, energy, time wasted that you'll be able to get to the next level of success so much faster. So ask for help. Reach out to other women that are doing it. Reach out to mentors or reach out to a coach or or if you don't know who to reach out to, reach out to me. I'll connect you with someone or if you want to work with me, that's fine. But reach out to someone who can say, look, it doesn't have to be this hard. There's a way to do this easier, better, faster and get to your desired level of success without all the pitfalls. And For women, it's, you know, how do I manage the office? What do I do with my kids? Do I bring my babies into the office? Do I have my babies with me in the office? Do I take off time when I'm going to have children? Or what if your children are already grown? What do you do now? What if you don't desire to have children? But what if you want to have a family-based practice? So all of those thoughts go into how do I define my own level of success? And I think it's essential that you reach out to other women because women work in community. We like to have these conversations. We do better when we're surrounded by like-minded individuals, even if it's somebody on the other end of a phone, even if you're just FaceTiming with someone or Skyping or Zooming or whatever you wanna do. But if you have someone else that you can reach out to and say, oh, this isn't working or wow, that was really stressful or wow, I just had my greatest success or my biggest victory and I need someone to share it with, Women do better in community. So Mm -hmm. if you're already out there or you're getting into practice and you don't have a community, it's time. It's time to get into one because that will help you define your own success and get there faster without all the pitfalls. Wow, that's powerful. Are you a coach? I am. I did take the last three years off because my children and I had to go through some stuff that was... um, challenging. And I felt that it wasn't integrity for me to be coaching any of my clients. So I released all my clients and graciously, they all understood, loved me, supported me. And I just recently have gotten back and taken some of my clients back on, taken some new clients back on. And, uh, and, and it's a, a great feeling because I forgot how much I enjoy it. And mm-hmm. thankfully, my clients have said to me, you know, like, you are that good. Like, we're glad we waited for you because it was worth the wait. So uh, I am starting to take some clients back on just a few, not too many, but I do have a couple opportunities available. You, you, your answer to that last question, it kind of, it kind of exhausted me to think about what you described right there. And, and most guys like me, we, we can respect it, but we, when you don't live it, you don't really know what that feels like. So how does, I mean, beyond what you just said with coaching and accountability groups and you know, staying in community and being opening your heart up to coaching. And maybe it's hard sometimes to get criticized too, and to be able to put your heart out there. Um, but beyond that, you know, you seem again, like me, you're always working on keeping your life in alignment, which sometimes it's overwhelming. You can't, and that you were smart enough to hit pause on some things because I think you felt like I need to give my energy to my kids right now, or I need to give my energy to the practice or you know, if you spread yourself too thin, you know, you're going to be ineffective in every area. And so how do, 
What are some things you do personally in the recovery and repair space of your life so that when you show up on Monday, you're your normal energetic Dr. Kathy? So I have certain non-negotiables. And my non-negotiables, like my day is ruined if I don't start with my non-negotiables. So I start every day, and that's my children buzzing in right now. I start every day with my own personal time. So when I wake up, I, I stay in the bed. I do some stretches that help me as a chiropractor be able to, you know, use my hands, my arms, my elbows, my wrists, my shoulders. Because let's face it, as women, we're adjusting people twice our size all day long. I don't know many men who adjust patients twice their size because most of the men I know are 5'10", 6 foot, 180, 200, 220. As women, I'm 5'3", 125 pounds. Like half of my patients are double my size. And that's an ongoing daily issue that I have to address. And that's the same for most women that I talk to. So I start every day um, just in my own mind, just gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, thankful expectation and stretching, and then cardio before anything hits my mouth, before food hits my mouth, some form of cardio, because I feel like I have to earn the day and I've got to earn it by, you know, moving my body and making my body prepared for that. And that puts me in the right frame of mind where like, I've already earned through the burn. I'm ready to be um, of service and I'm ready to have gifts bestowed upon me. So for me, that's what charges me up. If I miss that morning cardio, the whole rest of the day is shot because I don't feel like I can catch up. Even when I go to the gym, I just don't feel like I can catch up. So I might do my cardio, head to the gym, lift. I might, you know, hit the gym I have in the basement, but I have to physically move in order to mentally be prepared to go serve others. I've got to serve me before I can serve others. And that goes for my children as well. I've got to serve me before I can serve you. And then I'm a better servant to my children and I'm a better servant to my community. And I think it's important for us to, whatever time frame you need to serve you in, it could be at the evening, could be after everybody's gone to bed. For me, a lot of times it's two o'clock in the morning because the East Coast is quiet and then I can deal with my West Coast people. But you have to carve out some kind of time to serve yourself because we talk about getting lost in service, but the reality is you can lose yourself in service. And then who are you? You have no idea anymore. So making sure that you are grounded in who I am, what I do, why I do it so that I can do it better, that's huge. You have to understand why you do this. You don't do what we do to make money. That's a byproduct. Why do you do what you do? For me, why am I a chiropractor? Because no parent should ever have to bury a child because babies aren't pin cushions. I, and I don't want them experimenting on children. I want to make sure that every man, every woman, and every child on the planet has the opportunity to grow up healthy without interference and function at the greatest capacity. I want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to know that their bodies were designed to be healthy. I want every woman to know that she gets to choose how to birth her baby. It's not a delivery. It's not a UPS truck. A woman has the right to choose how she births her baby. And she has the right to know and be empowered to feel that she can do it on her own if she so chooses. So for me, it's about why do we do what we do? And if you stay connected to your why, then you can filter out all the other stuff that comes at you because opportunities will come. They may not be the right ones for you. So knowing how to stay grounded to what really matters 
is essential to being able to serve on a level that's right for you. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a beautiful way to put it. And you're so right. I, I feel like so many practitioners I talk with, they, they lose their health, they lose their mind, they lose their relationships in the act of service. Because mm-hmm. to your point, they're not carving out that time. And so right. that was beautiful. Now, um, we're kind of winding down here. There's so much you and I could talk about. You hit on some really, really good stuff so far. You mentioned accountability. Um, you mentioned women being part of something, you know, that's bigger than themselves within chiropractic. Um, what are some opportunities out there? I don't really know a lot about that. Um, are there organizations they can join? Um, what would be your advice on that? Yes, I, I would I would be remiss if I did not mention that for the first time ever, we have a female uh, president of the ICA, Dr. Selena Sigafoos Jackson, right? Yeah. And she's phenomenal. She's also, not only is she the president of the ICA, she is also the treasurer of the League of Chiropractic Women, which she's one of the founding members. I've, I'm, I've served on the board. I'm very honored to be on the board for the last 10, 12 years, we're we're 10 years old. So I've been on the board for for the majority of the last 10 years. And we've got incredible women that not only serve on the board of the LCW, but that are members of the LCW. So League of Chiropractic Women was founded um, by a group of women that said, look, there's all these organizations that serve us as chiropractors, but none specifically tailored to the unique needs of women in chiropractic. And by women in chiropractic, we're talking about the chiropractor, we're talking about spouses, CAs, the admins at the different universities, and of course, the students, as well as patient advocates. So this organization was was formed in March of 2012 to address the unique needs of women and to to help inspire women, empower women, connect women so that we can thrive in practice and in our personal lives. And it's been such an honor to be on the board. Um, For anyone who's interested in finding out more, just go to lcwomen.com or lcwomen.com slash join to find out about joining. But it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to get around like-minded women that are driven, that are busy, that are doing what you're doing and can either be a hand up or a helping hand or just an, an arm to give you a hug when you need it and just kind of say, yeah, I've been there. I, I know it's challenging, but let's get through this together. And thankfully, I've made some of the greatest relationships of my life through the League of Chiropractic Women by getting to know so many of these amazing women. So there's lots of opportunities, you know, with, with one of our malpractice companies, Chirosecure, I get to host Empowering Women in Chiropractic. Um, one of the different boards that I sit on, I get to do different um, weekly webinars where I get to bring on different speakers, sometimes men, sometimes women, but creating those opportunities for women is huge. When I started speaking, there were basically no women speaking on the platforms. It was Sharon Gorman, Jeannie Ohm, and basically then Kathy Wendland just kind of, you know, pushed the door open and, and got in there. But when the League of Chiropractic Women started, it was there was no such thing as seeing women on platforms. And I went to the first event and recorded all these different women that were just amazing and started reaching out to people like Danny Knowles and saying, hey, Mile High's got a great event. Here's three women in your area that would be great speakers. And he was very receptive to it, him and his mm-hmm. wife, Rochelle. Paul Reed, Carafest. Hey, Paul, here's some great women up in the Pacific Northwest that would be great for your stage. And he was receptive to it. And little by little, 
the big events started putting women on their stages to the point where now, like, you know, when you go to Cal Jam, you're going to see some great women on that stage. You go to Chirofest, you go to New Beginnings, you go to Focus OKC, you know, like I could keep naming them mile high. They've all incorporated women onto their stages. And when women in the audience see a woman on stage, they resonate more because you understand me and I understand you and you understand where I'm coming from and you were able to get to that level of success. And if you could do it, then perhaps I could do it. And so the more we put women in those leadership positions and put women in those speaking positions, the more we empower the younger docs and the students and the prospective students to look at this and go, wow, I can do this. So to, to create those opportunities where women can come together is essential for the success of women in our profession. And to have successful women in our profession, I believe, is essential to chiropractic succeeding and reaching more people. I could not agree more. And that was a beautiful end to a great conversation today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you um, with your willingness to do this. You're, you're leaving an incredible legacy in chiropractic both in your community with your practice, with your work with these women associations, as well as your work at Life University. So I just want to applaud you and encourage you and speak truth over you and just just say, keep on going for us. We need you. And uh, so I just want you to know how much we appreciate you. I know ChiroTouch appreciates you. And for those that are on this webinar today, I just want to applaud you for taking the time for personal development. No better time spent than working on yourself and I know today's is going to really inspire you and hopefully it causes you to take some beautiful action going forward because like Kathy said, we need you right now. Our profession needs you, the world needs you, and it's time. And so I'm excited for the future of chiropractic, even more so after today's call. Man, that was great. I'm all fired up right now. Um, and again, I want to thank ChiroTouch for their willingness to um, look at the profession and, and see that there is a need. And that need is around leadership and helping us grow healthy businesses. I mean, we're in the business of saving lives and when business is good, everyone wins. And so I love what you said about that. And I just think ChiroTouch, great job for having this webinar because this is going to make an impact and we're gonna keep having these episodes. And Kathy, I wanna make you a regular guest on here because you are so inspiring. So once again, I wanna thank you all. And remember, take time for yourself, like Kathy said, uh, work on yourself. Make sure you get plenty of rest. Make sure your diet's dialed in. Make sure you get your cardio. Make sure you do your affirmations. Make sure you have your quiet time because the world's counting on you right now. We need you to be at your best. So once again, thanks for tuning in and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you.